It's your guy Uncensored, giving you the best footballing lesson outside of a Ronaldo step over. Before we start, be sure to subscribe, follow us on Instagram and Twitter so you don't miss out on all our content. Join the conversation, use the hashtag Momentum. So we're back again, people. We're back in a, in a normal position, giving us our normal talk. Well, it's not normal talk. It's it's real talk. And today, you've got me, Uncensored Football Fan. And also, we've got Nate from You Know Where. The, the Great North, North Bank. Bank. How's it going, guys? The Great North Bank. <laughs> he's here. We haven't got Dell today. He's busy. Still, I think he's still celebrating the, the, the Tottenham um, Stadium Daddy. launch. Daddy. He's still Daddy. taking pictures. Yeah, he's taking pictures. He's doing his rounds. He's doing his bits. So, um, give him some credit. Give him the week off. Let him let him have that. But we, we'll talk about that a bit later. But as usual, we've got loads to get into. So, let's get stuck in, Nate. So, this week... In the last couple of weeks, we've seen a lot of fan behaviour. And when I'm talking about fan behaviour, I'm talking about them being out of order on a, no- on a number of reasons. Um, some of them entering the field of play. In the recent weeks, in recent days, sorry, we've seen um, fans, once again, racially abuse English players overseas. So obviously it's a big, it's a big topic here to get to put our teeth into first straight away. But let's talk about with the fans coming onto the pitch. I believe we need to stop this fast because all it's going to take is one player, or not even one player, somebody to die, and then it'll be there'll be an outrage, and then you'll be looking at football being banned totally, clubs being banned. It's going to take very, very, very seriously. The worst case scenario is if some somebody got a mental illness allegedly or whatever runs into the pitch. I don't want to wish it on any one player, so I'm not going to say anybody's name, but stabs the player, he ends up dying. What the hell would the FA and the English football and football in general do about that? How are we going to run around this? So all this coming onto the pitch, um, especially when home fans, you're more likely to get away with it, but it's when you're away from home and you've got away fans jumping on the pitch, we have to stop this before it takes a a tragedy for them to realise it's a problem. That's my take on it. It's got to be stopped instant. If they've got to bring out netting or whatever, because I know they don't want to bring out fencing back to the old days because of the whole um, Hillsborough thing. I get that. But then the netting system, they're going to have to bring something. And yes, it's going to take away a little bit of the action from the, the atmosphere from the crowds and the fans being so close to the action. But what does it take for somebody to die before they realise, actually, we can't control 60,000 people with... Um, with um, stewards who are paid what four pound an hour, who don't really give a damn, who and who are not going to put their life on the line for a, a multi-millionaire player who's running up and down. Come on, it, well, that's me going off my my little rant. <laughs> Nate, what do you reckon? What do what what um, can we do? Well, first of all, I'd hope they get paid more than four pound an hour because that would be. <laughs> I, mean, I, I know I love the game, but four quid an hour. It's been a long time since I've been pulling those wages in. Um, no. I, Yes, I think it does have to be looked at. I think it is a, it can be a problem. I think, okay, looking at the Aston Villa thing when he ran on, and that was an issue because yep. he went and he literally went to go and attack a man. I think most of the time where you have a player entering the field, it's usually because he's overexcited, drunk, he's trying to celebrate, he wants to celebrate with the rest of the fans, all of that. He wants a little five minutes. And yeah. Most of the time, you've got a steward that runs after him, he falls over, a steward catches him, walks off, gets a little bit of a clap from the crowd and goes on. And for those, obviously, you still get your, your lifetime ban or whatever it is for entering the field of play, a fine, you could even get in prison. Um, yeah. I think for those fans, they're, you know what I mean? they're just being caught up in the moment. And I guess there's, that's a slight difference from a man that wants to enter the field of play to try and cause harm to a next man. Yeah. So that does have to be looked at. And mm-hmm. I've gone to enough stadiums. I don't think it's necessarily easy for you to jump onto the field of play and do you know what I mean? Like Yeah, but okay, Nick, let me let me jump on in here. There's two things there. It, 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 you're right. It's not easy to jump onto the onto the field of play, but you're talking about let's say stadiums now, they're from anywhere between thirty thousand and sixty to seventy thousand yeah. fans. If all the fans decided to run on the pitch, there's nothing yeah, much nothing. they could do. Well, um, yeah, nothing you could do. do. But and all it takes is a strategic 
um, mindset to, to plan an attack like that. Like, we're talking about um, suicide bombers and whatnot, whatnot, whatnot. Like, if they put a, their mind to it, they could easily get themselves onto a pitch and blow themselves Well, I wouldn't say blow themselves up, but they could, they could damage somebody easily um, on a football field and, and then kill themselves. And it would be the biggest like you, you can't take the fact that okay but it's just fans and they want to yes they, I, I get that but it's so open for abuse um, it's unreal it's, yeah that is the case but I think like I said at most grounds now you get searched upon entry you get um, yep. all of those kind of things so for example I mean I know at Emirates you get searched before you even get to the stadium there's a guy on the top of the stairs talking about can you open your bags take off your jackets all of those things there, they are what's the, what's the word? They're there to prevent something from happening. I mean, because if a man's yep. gonna think like, yeah, I'm gonna do this, he's now gonna start questioning. Well, Brian, it's gonna take me ages to get through this much security to be able to go and do a madness. But in saying that, I yeah, do understand. Yeah. I've seen the video with the man searching. He does. He just does a little a little pat, and he walks in. And I guess how do people get flares and stuff like that into the stadium? So there's always a risk. Right. There's always a risk, but in the same aspect, putting fence in there or like uh, netting, if a man wants to blow a man up, it's going to blow a man up, isn't it? There's nothing really we could do about it. <laughs> okay, the blowing up is a bit extreme, but what I'm just saying is that y- 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 we we can't nullify, um, underestimate the actual attack of a of a, a man who's mentally disa- um mentally not all there, and he decides to run on the pitch. He's got a a pen knife or some kind of sharp object yeah, it doesn't yeah. have to be a sword hit somebody in the neck they end up dying from the injury like that's that's not a great place to be in and for something so open as this because it could be something on his keys like you're not going to take a guy's keys off of him it's 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 really open and I'm hoping I'm not giving people ideas but it is really open for these things I just worry about what happens if it does happen Worst case scenario, then where do we go? It's, then it's you know they talk about they'll talk about shutting down stadiums, and there's not enough stewards to stop all the fans from getting on the pitch. For one, and two, half of them are there as a little bit of a side earner, like you know it helps pay the bit a bill, yeah. not the bills, just a bill, and they're not there to lose their life over some some crazy guy who's determined to get on the pitch, and he's going to take out anybody, and then, and then. Another thing I noticed that you, you kind of stepped away from the fact that you know one of your guys got on the pitch and attacked. Well, allegedly attacked um, um, Chris well, Smalling. I think he at a Man United versus Arsenal game. And then ran off. Well, there was a bit of touching going on there. I, I know he, there was there was definitely physical contact between the two. Whether he swung a punch or he pushed him or whatever, he he definitely put his hands on him. Um, but that's what I mean. It's very hard to. I, I just don't think we've got to be zero tolerance on these things. I just, I can't see how it can work with... No, no you do. Right. You, you are it's... zero tolerance. It is zero tolerance in the sense of a sanction. Like, it even tells you there, you step on the pitch, you'll get a lifetime ban from all football grounds. Yeah. You know what I mean? So you get a lifetime ban, potentially you're going to get a fine. Even look at my man the other day that did it at Villa. He got a prison sentence. So he got a custodial mm. sentence. But lifetime bans are all good, fair and good. But we we know we can easily get around those. I mean, the amount of scalp tickets you get at games, I could go to a game now and be banned for life, and then still rock up in another a game the next day. I don't know how tight that the security is that they're going to remember my face every single week. Well, not yeah, that's 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 very. I mean, I don't think it's impenetrable, but I also don't think. I think for the. If you had sixty thousand, I think the fifty nine thousand nine hundred ninety six there are just there as supporters and there for fans, and it yeah. might be just one or two wrongers that might. And I guess this is where the fans have got to get involved. Everyone's got to get involved. You see someone acting like a dick before. Yeah, you know I mean, you got to call a steward over if a man's drinking too much, all that kind of stuff. You've got to kind of be a bit proactive about it because yeah, there's nothing I... else. I guess we could do. Because I don't want to see fencing. I don't want to see looking through the cage at the game. But no one yeah. wants that. No, no one wants that. No one wants that at all. And I, I mean, that's what helped English football get back to the, the bit where fans love seeing being up close and personal with the game. So, yeah, talking about fans being up and cl- personal, um, 
moving on to England and uh, um, their victory in, in Montenegro. Obviously, they um, the black players were racially abused. Um, I'd like to see Gareth that came out, condemned it, said he heard it. Funny enough, the Montenegro manager standing, I don't know, 10 yards away from him, couldn't hear it, didn't hear it, didn't know nothing was going on. It never happened, according to him. Um, obviously, from, this, from the um, video footage shown afterwards, you can hear it. It's it's monkey charting. It's the it's the it's the usual East Eastern Bloc kind of abuse that you that black players get when they go out there. But my question to you is: These things happen. Uh, we've spoke about racism in football and sports and how it's a social thing and not really just a football thing. But what do UEFA do? What what's a sanction that they could do that will be worthwhile? I mean, let, let's face it: a fine is going to do nothing. I don't. They'll fine them as much as they can afford to, 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 to pay. So it's, it's pointless. So what is what's a, what can UEFA or FIFA, whoever, what can they do to in order to, to let it be known that we're not going to tolerate this? What is your suggestion? I've got one, so I just want to let you go first. Okay. What's your suggestion? Suggestions in the sense of what could they do in terms of football. You would do, like you said, you do your fines, you do your playing games behind closed doors. All of those type of things, because they're, I guess, sanctions that can be delved out by the UEFA FA. Mm-hmm. I guess you tapped on it a little bit earlier when we talked about it being sometimes it's been a cultural thing or it's being a kind of society thing. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I think sometimes it's quite hard because we can't expect football to fix a society problem. Because no. it's just not going to possibly, it's not possible as much as we everyone loves the game. It's not possible for football mm-hmm. to turn around and fix life or the world. So, when no. the sense of what can UEFA and FIFA do, they can say all of those things. They can give a team a fine, they can ban a team, all of those kind of things. But that's not going to stop because for me, those fans, that's their deep rooted kind of issues that they have there. Do you know what I mean? So, like, them booing, them making monkey charts, all of those things, for whatever reason, in their psyche, that's what they believe in it. And I guess, even though I looked at Raheem Sterling, he scored, he put the side, his ears, his hands to his ears, like, yeah, I can hear you, but what? Do you get me? Man's doing his thing on the pitch. And I guess, for them, they're like, okay, Ra, we thought this was offensive, or we thought that this would affect them. So you, it's down to their ignorance. You've got some people say, oh, right, it's not even going to work. Nothing's going to work. So it's kind of a hard one in the sense of what could you wait for or FIFA do? Because I don't think they could really do much more than they're doing, if that makes sense. No, no. See, see for me, I, I think they can do more. Because I, I, took, I put it on this where I'll, I'll treat, FIFA and UEFA should treat this incident and incidents like this, similar to the way countries treat each other. When they do something that they don't like, where, you know, North Korea starts doing, um, they start doing um, um, nuclear testing, they put sanctions in, like real sanctions. They, they starve you. They starve you. No one can talk to you. They basically treat you like little kids. You, no one can talk to you. No one can trade with you. We're going to starve you until you realise that you have to follow our, follow our, our, our way of working. Okay, but football. I think the same, same thing should apply in football. You starve the football players. You starve them by going, right. You guys are not welcome in any way in, in any kind of international nah. football. No one can play against you. No one can play against you. No one can. Pl- no one can come to your country. No one can. No one can. Um, you, you, you. First off, we'll start with no normal behind closed doors. Do it again, right? No one can come to your your stadium. You're now banned from the um, the Euros, the World Cup, and then you'll have no international football for a X amount of time. Okay, that's okay. That's hella drastic, yeah. Like, don't get me wrong. But this is this is hella That's right hella that you have to do. This, 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 I don't okay, believe in this, but... this whole, oh, let's just fine no, no, them. No. Let's give them a two grand fine. They're going to say they're sorry. Right. We're going to try you're and... Finding, you're finding players for the action of fans that they have no control over. So you're, what you're um, saying is those you, players, yeah, those yeah, players yeah. who have done nothing yeah. wrong, have played football, yeah. have literally just come to do their job, they earn their keep, They've done yeah. everything they're supposed to do. They've yeah. come out, they've because... condemned those those players that are making the monkey charts or whatever. They, they've condemned them. 
They don't agree with it. They're not a part of it. No, they haven't. No, no. What I'm them. saying is, okay, maybe they didn't. I'm not talking about the Montenegro players. If okay. I'm talking in general, yeah. So say it was, okay, I don't want to keep on going on about the Eastern Bloc. Say it was Serbia, for example, Serbia, Montenegro, yeah. Serbia, right? Serbia, England, Serbia fans do exactly the same thing. Yeah? yeah, but this time the Serbian manager comes out, condemns it. The Serbian players are like, "Look, this is bag out of order." You're saying still yeah. bad them, like they can't yeah, have no international uh, football. Starve them. Yeah, starve them, starve them, starve them, starve the fans from from everything. Starve, starve their people. Because don't forget, a lot in that in that in the, that part of the world, a lot of their money comes from tourism and stuff. So a lot of their money will come from football, and their federations earn quite a fair bit. So their rich people will not be happy with it. They will not be happy with it. And when it, and when you affect people's pockets, you see a change of attitude. You've seen it with when you, well, you should know you're an Arsenal fan. When Arsenal fans stopped going to the stadium, it was quickly decided that Arsenal couldn't stay there no more. You affect rich people's pockets, you realize that they can move they can move mountains. And all of a sudden they know what to do to get rid of all of the what they don't want around. And like in Arsenal, you can get rid of these bad fans, you can you can make them because don't forget, a lot of those fans are probably on basic wages and in, in those countries, probably lower than minimum wage over here. Those rich people who are part of the FA over there, they've got some weight in their country. There's no way they can't rock up to a man and whose name's Sergei or, or, or Borov or, or Bartos or whatever and say, look, you need to pack it in otherwise because you're affecting my money here. And if you don't, we're going to have to send little iron over here to come and deal with you and your family you'll soon see a change of attitude no, but, okay but are we are we really seeing a change of attitude no because all they're doing is they're just all, all it means is we're just not being true to ourselves we're not being racist at a football ground but outside the ground i'll still call you monkey charts i'll still do all of that yeah so okay. therefore what yeah. i'm saying is like what we really need to do is change their attitude and their belief system for that to make a real change. Us doing this isn't affecting change. It's just making football being able to happen where people just shut up and don't say things. But it's interesting, that's what I'm saying. Like I I look back at Raheem Sterling a few mm. weeks back, months back even, Liverpool versus no, it was Man City versus Man City versus yeah, Chelsea. Man City Chelsea. And you got the Chelsea fans and they're doing are you Starving. Yeah, but can you stop saying, my thing is this: we're complaining about Montenegro. This stuff is at our back door, like it's yeah, happening here. Of course, here. course. And the same thing should apply for them. Chelsea should have first. I'm talking about stadium band first to begin with. If they keep rocking up, I'm relegating you. I'm relegating you. You keep wanting to have these fans in your stadium. I'm relegating you. If you can't manage and police your people, I'm relegating you. And this goes for Spurs fans, Arsenal fans, Man United fans, Chelsea, whoever. You've got. I think it's time to put a hard line, but they won't do it. They won't do it because it will affect the pockets of the higher ups. Now, a, a, a way to get around this is if if all black players was to turn around and go right, we're going to pull back from here for a minute. Similar to again, I like using American American sports because they show how much power they have by by unity. Sometimes, if they turn around and goes, we're not having this, and if you don't do nothing about this now, we're going to pull back our support. In this, on, in this game and we're not going to play you'll soon see that wow uh, actually we need, we need Raheem Sterling to play because he's our best player we need Deli Ali to play he's our best one of our best players we need uh, Marcus Rashford to play for United he's our star guy he's our marquee player we can't have him sitting on sitting around not wanting to play because we're getting racial abuse they'll find a way they'll find a way but if you don't threaten their pockets I can't see football doing more than just we're trying our best. We're, we're putting more campaigns out. We're trying to educate. We're trying to do this. And, and that's all when good. But until you see some stark re- um, realism about, wow, actually, I might not have football if I, if I, if I keep messing about, I don't think we'll get no change. And, and what makes me laugh, another thing, just came out um, today. Do you see Chelsea? Um, they, Chelsea put out a, um, they're sending Hudson-Odoi to a counselling session for all the abuse yeah. that he's been receiving. They want that to make it clear that he witnessed and, and he heard. I'm like, okay, so are they taking their own fans to to, to, to this? Is it is he sitting down in the one-on-one with his own fans? Because he's obviously, they've they've abused Sterling and he was there. So is it are they just dealing with Montenegro fans, as you said, or their own in their own garden? 
So it, 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 it's 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 a big subject, and it's like obviously my idea is not going to probably hold much weight in the opinions of the higher ups because they don't want it to. But if they did see change where you had people being banned, people, clubs playing behind trolls doors on a regular basis, um, then being thrown out of competitions, relegated, being starved of of games against other other nations. You'll soon see that there's there'll be a change in attitude where countries will have to decide we need to stop, we need to work around this. We need because with that income we're, we're used to getting from travel into the country through the the fans coming in paying money that's that keeps us afloat is is going down. We need that money. So I think football has uh, not football, sorry, UEFA and FIFA have a part to play because they can't be at one hand showcasing all these black players but allowing them to be abused and and doing nothing about it you know it's it's it something has to give no no i definitely believe something has to give um, um i definitely think something has to give i was doing like i was doing my research about this and um apparently fifa and uefa or whatever have introduced this kind of this three step protocol that apparently actually what can happen if the ref hears this stuff apparently he can blow the whistle stop the game an announcement goes off across the tannoy system that this isn't to be accepted, blah, blah. The ref continues the game. If he blows the whistle again and he's still being heard, he can suspend the match, ask for another announcement. Enough for that, he can just abandon the game. And then I guess what you would do in that situation, abandon the game, Montenegro lose the points. And you could, for example, expose them out of that competition. While I do think those things will work, potentially, like I think they have the potential to work, but I also believe that it's definitely a mindset. Because I think for the fans, this is just their... You need to kind of change their mindset or their psyche of fans for it to really make a difference. But if we're we're looking at the short term, yes, I'm fully... Like, if this happened again, for example, Montenegro should play their next game behind closed doors. It happens again. Montenegro are not in the Euro qualifiers. Yeah, Yeah, I agree with you. In the same Um... way when we used to ban um, football teams for hooliganism. I guess you go down that same route. Same route, same route. Uh, um, on one thing, with the referee thing, I've, 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 I believe that it, that's been available to them for a yeah. long while. But it's again, it goes to the point of, did you hear it? When you've got a man who's saying who's under pressure because, again, he's on what he's probably on like close to anywhere between three hundred to to a thousand pounds per game to referee the game or whatever it is, and expenses on top of that. And he's got some kind of Russian oligarch saying that I'm gonna send people around to your mum's house if you if you if you friggin' even think about cancelling this game. He's gonna say I didn't hear it. He's gonna say I didn't hear it. I'm mic'd up. I've got headphones. I can only hear my my assistants. And that's the problem when you put it in the hands of people who have who can be kind of decide. Well, I can. I've, I've got an easy way out here. I can just say I didn't hear it. They're gonna go with the easy way out. They're gonna go with the easy way out. But. I like the fact it's there. I just want to see the first brave referee to do it and then go, right, okay, people are trying to make a stand here and not just giving it lip service. Yes. And that's what I'm worried about. I definitely... Talk... No, no definitely. I... Yeah, definitely, I hear that. I hear that. Okay, well, moving on. Talking about lip service. I and mean, let's talk about our, our friend Del of um, the Paxton Road. So, obviously, this week, Tottenham opened up their new stadium. Grand opening. Um, under 18s, 1 3 2 1 3, three one, one, I think three. it was 3 1. Great day, 30,000 people turned up. It was, it went all well, apparently. Not really had much negative things about it. Everyone says it's the best stadium in the world, blah 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 blah. blah. But my question is, is this to, to, to everyone listening and you over there, yeah. Nate? Um, is this grand opening or grand closing? And what I mean by that is, yes, it's a grand opening. But is this a grand closing? It closing in the sense that this is the the beginning of the, of their end. Similar to how Arsenal had to go through, how was it? Almost ten years. It was no. It was I've, I've read it. It was eight years before they signed anybody of any um, of any note after moving from the stadium. Now that was Mesut Ozil when you yeah. bought him. Before then, you hadn't really bought anybody of note 
up until that point, it was like eight years after you moved out because you've you've been there ten years, maybe six six years after. Sorry, if I got my numbers wrong, can't remember how long Oz has been there, but it was he was the first time. He's probably three years ago, or four years ago, one of the two. So is this grand opening, opening of a new dawn for Spurs, and they're gonna be up and amongst it, or it is grand closing in that actually you don't know what you're coming let yourself in for. Um, what do you reckon? Well, first of all. Um, I don't know if you've seen the video of them opening the Spurs stadium and there was grown men crying their eyes out. I have no <laughs> idea what that's about. Like, don't get me wrong, I've been to some beautiful football stadiums in the world, but nothing has brought me back to tears. Do you know what I mean? It's the, he was moving like it was the birth of his child. I know, I know. That was a head to response, so I'll keep it there. Yeah, he's because he's, he's, he was probably one of them crying. That's why. Like, for me, like, <laughs> it, it, <clears throat> all right, Spurs have gone way over budget they they had budgeted what 500 million for that stadium it's coming in at what close to a billion so yep. that's double bubble there the problem is is yes it will affect them in their pocket in the sense of yep. what they can efficient what they can afford to do like and i guess the, i guess arsenal it was like the way they had done the funding on that rest of it i mean they paid off the stadium now do you know what i mean but they had done something where they had got it to kind of pay off itself and they had got property and all the rest of it. It's how now Spurs then try to use the rest of the money to try and pay for that billion pounds. That's got to come from somewhere. Yeah. And I'm sure as hell it's not coming out of Daniel Levy's pocket. No. Okay. So as Dill's not here, I had to do my research and work out how what um, and bring up their defence because I know obviously you're not really caring yeah. about how they solve their, their, their stadium issues. So what I found out is that obviously... They've come up with a plan. The reason why it's gone so much over budget is because the plan of um, the American investor, and this is what their, their whole plan is based around, is about American football and having it be a, a stadium of more than just football, as in soccer. So they want American football to be a massive part of this new stadium's future. That bringing in games from the US two, three times a year. They're even going to probably try to get the Super Bowl as being the Ooh. first place that, yeah, the first place to hold the Super Bowl outside of the US. They then want to get the franchise of the, the UK team in that based in there. If they do that within, say, five years, that will pay off the stadium yeah. without a shadow of the doubt. If they do that, it's a big if. Then you've also got your football side of things where the normal traditional football being qualifying for Champions League, blah, 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 being high up in the leagues and selling out week, week after week. They put on the football side, as long as they keep the, the crux of that team together for the next five years, if they were possible to do that, then that would mean they would be successful. If they can't do that, it means that they've either lost the manager lost their star players, and that's when the football side will kind of dwindle a little bit. They'll still have enough money, I think, to keep them in and around the top six. I can't see them dying completely off of the off of off of a cliff from here. But the main stay of that stadium will not be just football, but it will be the fact that they're trying to set it as a event um stadium where they, they have concerts, American football and even other sports like rugby is, is going to be played there. I think Saracens versus Wasps uh, is going to be played there next year. Um, they're trying to set up that. So there's going to be a lot of events happening at that stadium to help pay off. So that's what I believe is Daniel's main kind of brain child around how do we pay off this £1 billion um, cost. Obviously, that's part of the reason why it went up so much is because they made the artificial turf that sits underneath, knowing that I'd want it to do more than just play football on it. So, he, in in a sense, he's he's dotted his eyes, but now he needs to cross his T's and he needs to get all of this stuff together and he needs to sell it to the Americans to say, yes, you can have the Super Bowl in London, in Tottenham. You can have a franchise in London, in Tottenham. You can have um, teams come over and play year on year for the next, I think it's 10 years, in Tottenham. He's got to sell it. And then for that to happen, he needs the um, the, the structure of the, the transport structure to be fixed. He needs the policing to be to be as good as it possibly can in Tottenham. Um, and he needs a lot of things to go his way. 
So it's I I don't even know if I can answer it if it's if, it, if it's grand opening, grand closing. It's a kind of a maybe wait and see kind of thing. Yeah, no. In a sense of from a business model, like in the sense of all of that kind of stuff, then yeah. Do you know what I mean this this is gonna make money, it's gonna do that thing. Is it gonna affect Tottenham Hotspur football club? Yes, I believe it will affect Tottenham Hotspur football club in the sense of what they can do. In the sense of I don't like they, I think last season was probably the perfect example of them not going out to buy anybody. Also, mm-hmm. I know prior to even the end of last season, they put a lot of their players on long term contracts. Because what he said is, do you know what I mean? He's looking at it and he's gonna look. I'm going to have to make top dollar. If I do have to turn around and I then have to sell uh, a Harry Kane or do I do have to sell uh, Deli Ali or if I to, any of those guys, people have got to have to start paying top money. They're not going to do an Aaron Ramsey again on a free. Yeah? yeah. So that's where he's going to say, because if I'm going to have to reinvest, like make money, I'm going to have to try and reinvest some of that coin on some new players to try and maintain ourselves in the kind of top six-ish before we can start spending money again. The problem is always going to be is that's okay, you looking after yourself and looking after your old house, you can't control what an X-Man does in his house. So, yes, while that Spurs model says, okay, yeah, it can work, if Man City go out there and do a madness, if United go out and do a madness, if Chelsea go out and do a madness, if Liverpool went out and did a madness, if Arsenal go out and do a madness, and you're not willing to do that madness, you then get left behind. And before you know it, mm. it's very easy in football. One year is a long time in football. So if everyone starts mm. get, gaining that kind of momentum, give it two, three years, you're miles behind them. Yeah, I think, I don't know this for a fact. I, I, I'm tr- kind of trying to play devil's advocate here. If if there was here, what would he say? Um, I would say, I think he took a gamble th- this season and last and not spend big in the fact that he knew this was around the corner. And as you said, he put them all on long-term contracts. So then he knew that this was around the corner and that I think this summer will tell us what his actual plan was and is. And I expect him to spend, in comparison, it may look big, but not very big in terms of they could spend up to £100 million this summer. But that's not net <laughs> he would have sold like say he sells Toby Adovira for 20 mil- 25 million he sells Ericsson for 70 odd million that's already 95 million if he spends 100 million what's that a five, 5 million pound spend so do you get what I mean he will spend this summer knowing that I'm gonna I'm gonna bring in a lot of money too so it might on the surface it looks like oh wow Tottenham have just spent 120 million they spent fifty. Yeah, that, that net, it's that it's that, it's that net profit that that Liverpool lad talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's the yeah that's that's the Daniel way, and he and he he's slightly. If you look at what he's doing, he it looks like he he could be doing that, especially with if Toby Alvarez got a, a release clause that everybody knows about. That's for twenty five million, and I, I don't understand how the release clauses become so openly available to anybody that everyone else knows that this guy's got a release clause for twenty five million. He can go to anybody in the summer. That means he's gone because yeah. he's only on 50 grand a week. I mean, he should have been a lot more than that. So he's gone. You got Ericsson, who's on, on his last year of his contract, talking when and the likes of Real Madrid are looking at you. He's gone if they come and offer anything near. But is he, is he on his last year or is he, is, is when does his contract end? 20, like uh, 2021. I want to say 2020. I want to say 2020, but don't hold me on that. But um, yeah, 2020. So then, so that tells you that he he's not going to let him leave, go on a free as like an Aaron Ramsey. So that's him gone. So that's already close to a hundred million pound in two players. You reinvest that, add a little sprinkle of uh, of um, sh- sugar powder on top, and then you it looks like you've just spent a hundred hundred and thirty million. But you haven't really. You've just you've just bent the books a little bit and just you know. Smokes, um, what's the phrase called again? Um, smoke and yeah. mirrors. So it, it's, that's all it is. And then fans will look at it. Oh, imagine they put, let's, let's just say, um, uh, I don't think it will be. Let's say it's Mbappe. They signed Mbappe for 100 million. Oh, wow, we spent 100 million on Mbappe. Not realizing they've only, they haven't spent, they've only spent 5 million because it's, um, they've sold 95 million. 
Spurs fans wouldn't see that. They'll just see the star name in front of them. And I think that's what he might do. Try to put a star man in front of, of the of the spend. So that gets the focus. Not the fact that net spend was only five million pounds. I'm not really spending anything. I still got stadium to pay for. Yeah. On a side note, I don't even think Mbappé would save Spurs. But <laughs> and I like the kid. I genuinely <laughs> like the kid. I, just, I don't. That's why. That's why transfer definitely uh, happened. All right. All right. Well, talking about transfers and talking about clubs in need of save, let's move on over to Chelsea. <laughs> so Chelsea, they've appealed their their ban that they the two, the two transfer window ban, and it's going to be held on April the eleventh, I think, and um, they 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 feel confident enough to. To get over that, but I'm I I've spoken to a lot of Chelsea fans. Some of them believe that they're not too sure if they they want the ban to be lifted. They're quite happy to to chance it on these youngsters coming through. Where do you see Chelsea with this? What do you reckon? Do should they actually appeal it or just suck it up and and move on? Personally, I think they should just accept it. I think in the same way when we're talking about. Um, you do wrong, you get punished. If if these mans are booing and they're doing racist chants, they get punished. In the same way, you do wrong yeah. in the transfer. Do you know what I mean, like it's not they're not getting a transfer ban for something that FIFA have made up. Do you know what I mean, and that's my yeah. problem. It's not like something we're just okay now. We're giving them a transfer ban because they said they wear blue shirts and they wore yellow one day. Like they're going out and they're doing things that are not, are not acceptable. You can't be trying to recruit these kids all over the world and giving their parents. Five hundred thousand pounds. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's come on, like this. Yeah. Like, like it's you football, bro. It's not that serious. Do you know what I mean? Like so for yeah. me, like you've done wrong. Just accept the punishment. Okay. So, okay. So, so okay. Let's 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 put it in the world. They they done wrong. They they take they, they their ban doesn't get lifted. It's the same ban. Where does it leave them then? Because then do they still have to change manager? Uh, does my seventy two two hours then start to kick in? <laughs> I, you see, the thing about it is, is, I don't think it's a manager thing right now, to be honest. Like, if they mm. don't, if they get a, a, um, a transfer ban, they've now got to say, okay, well, look, let's look at the 10,000 players we do have and let's try and make the best squad we have. Olivier Giroud starts playing football a lot more. He starts becoming your number one striker. Hudson Adoy starts putting in performances. So, I mean, they're not in a negative, <laughs> I mean, for me, it, they're not in a. While it hurt, it will hurt most teams. I don't think they're in the position where it's going to hurt them so much so that they can't cope with it. No, I, I, I think I agree with you that it's a chance for them to put all these eleven thousand players into their first team. I, I agree with you there and say, look, first team doors open to all of you guys now because there's no one else coming in. Like, who wants to play? And then let people step up or step yeah. off. Like people like uh, Ruben lost his cheek. It's time to you know everyone's. You said that you want to be a Chelsea legend and whatnot, and you want to play for Chelsea. Here's your chance. There's no one else coming in. Play. Like you've got um Doy. Same. You've got even uh, Mitzi Batshuayi. Like people forget he's still owned by Chelsea. He's still a thirty million pound striker who's just traveling the globe for Chelsea. Uh, he, he could come in and play. You've got um. Mason Mount at Derby is meant to be a good player. Who Frank Lampard obviously <laughs> talk like you know he could come in and and be a shining light in their team. It, I've always said it's a dangerous thing if this ban happens because it, it forces Chelsea to do one thing that they've never done before, and that's to back their youth. And if they've got the best youth team for the last twenty odd years, then. It could be a dangerous, dangerous for the rest of the league. It could be not. It could be the fact that you know what they're all not ready enough, and they're all not as good as they think they are. That's also possible. But it, uh, another thing would be is what 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 happened to Hazard? They got a transfer ban. He could still leave. Does he leave? Yeah, unless you're given. For me, it's similar. To, I look at Hazard there now. As how I looked at Vieira Arsenal, or I looked at Henri at Arsenal. There's only when a man wants to go. There's only so many times you can kind of twist him or pull in his heartstrings and tell one more year, one more year. It's eventually you got to say, look, let him go because he might not get a chance. Do you know what I mean? If we now say Zidane, Zidane's there, 
Zidane picks a whole new team. He doesn't really necessarily look like the look of Hazard. Hazard mm. potentially never gets his move to Real Madrid. Do you know what I mean? In that sense, if he and then you're starting to mess with a man because now he's like, yeah, but that was my opportunity to win some big things on a big scale. I'm not gonna be able to do it at Chelsea. And now you've got an unhappy player on your hands. So yeah. in that sense, if the man if, you, if the man really wants to go, let him go. Do you know what I mean? Because I think personally, sometimes it's like when I look at, even when I looked at Henri leaving Arsenal, at one point when Henri looked at our left Arsenal, I thought, what the hell are we gonna do? The reality is everyone else just steps up. It takes a yeah. bit of time, everyone else just steps up. So instead of necessarily passing the ball always to the right, you now look your head up and you pass left, right, forward, back. Mm. So, I, so I think personally it's good. Like I said, for me, it's also it's good for the Premier League because the Premier League hasn't had these stuff. Spain are forever getting bads. The Spanish clubs are forever getting bad. Atletico Madrid, where they banned for like two, almost two years. Like, they t- so much yeah. so they had to buy players. A man was just there for half a season, not being able to kick ball. Like yeah. because the thing is, they're gonna go for Chelsea. They're still gonna go for Man City also. Do you know what I mean? And yeah. But they're gonna go for Man City on a, a financial fair play thing because I think maybe they've just realised that Man City actually sponsor their own shirts and they can make whatever they can give themselves a two hundred million shirt deal. Do you know what I mean? Because they they sponsor themselves. <laughs> Yeah, but we knew no, this no, at the time. Saying, I, don't, like, I don't know what's taking so long. It's like, it's, it's like some people can't see the wood through the trees. Like, we saw this years mm. ago. Like, how did you not see it? But now, you know what I mean? They're like, okay, actually, Man City becoming too powerful. We now got to knock them down a little peg. Yeah. But I think, okay. like I said, for okay. me, if, you get, if, you, if you've done something wrong, you should get punished. If this is a punishment, then accept your, accept your ban and keep it moving. My thing is, like I said, Chelsea have got the biggest squad, so they shouldn't be, they shouldn't be complaining. Okay. Okay. Well, talking about squads and people coming into squads and out, we've had this introduction of, of this player and, it, and it, it's a good time that we, we bring back our favourite, well, one of my favourite topics is over or under. And this time, obviously, we're talking about players, so it's over or underrated. Now, this player's coming to the news for a number of reasons. One, I personally don't agree with whatsoever. He played for Northern Ireland, not Northern Ireland, Republic of Ireland first, but in, in friendly games, said he loves the country, blah, blah, blah. Then he decides, then he plays a few games in the Premier League. Somebody in England tap him on the shoulder and say, actually, you could play for England. He then decides to switch countries and says he always wanted to play for England. Now, to me, that's by the by. Yeah. Just to comment on that, that's, for me, that's rank out of order. You, you make a decision as a man and you stick by it, good or bad. He picked, an, uh, he picked um, Republic of Ireland they played him when he was a nobody, and he he was playing with them. Fine, that's it. I don't agree with that because it's not in this sort of tournament. Then you can still change your mind later on down the road. No, if you if you're not a child making that making that decision, like I think it happened to Tim Cahill when he was like 13, he made a decision to play for um, no the other okay, one of the yeah. Samoa. So then he couldn't play for Australia. I get that he was a child making that that, that decision, and it was just. Okay, I play for the Samoans. He didn't know what he was doing, but he was a grown ass. He was what, a teenager, nine, eight, uh, anyway, between eighteen to to nineteen, whatever he is. And he turned around and said, "He doesn't know the difference between for Republic of Ireland or play for England." Come on, I'm not having that one. But let's push that to one side for one second. He didn't. He didn't. He's he's carved out a name for himself as a defensive midfielder. He he wasn't initially centre half. He's now been played in centre midfield for West Ham and everybody's jumped on the bandwagon with him, saying how good he is, how great he is. He He's somebody dared, I, I hope it wasn't Graham seeing this, but somebody dared to say he was a good, he, he could be the English answer to Biscuits. And, uh, yeah, yeah. Anyway, they somebody dared to say that and how great he was and how great this, that, the other. So, let's, I'll, I'll start with my personal opinion. I think he's he is a junior version of Eric Dyer in terms of he's just young, he's a little bit mobile at the moment. As soon as he gets into his mid-twenties, he will soon realise that he's just bog-standard average. He's a centre-half who can pass the ball a little bit. 
and he's a bit mobile at the moment. That's all. That's all it is. And because of this new defensive midfielder position, people are getting over the top about how good these players were. Same with Eric Dyer when he come in. Everyone's saying how great he was. He's mobile. He, oh, he's a perfect defensive midfielder. England been looking out for blah blah blah. This and the other. A few years later, few years later, sorry, everyone looking at him. Oh, he's he's too one dimensional. He's this, that, the other. He doesn't give us this. He doesn't give us that. Fair enough. He is no different. He's just Mark Two. Same, same person, just in a, a few years younger. The, for, so for me, I don't rate him one bit. I think he'll be exposed in the bigger games. I think if you come against any team with talented forwards, he will look like a fish out of water. But I'll save my verdict on actually if he's over or under for later. But Nate, what do you reckon? Declan Rice, what's your views on he did score against Arsenal, so I'm, I'm sure that your views are not No, great. Joe is. For me, like you said, he is a centre-back who West Ham didn't want to play as a centre-back because uh, maybe they didn't trust him as a centre-back. So they played him as a centre-midfield and they made it work. Similar to how Chelsea were with David Luiz and said, yeah, he's a ball-carrying centre-forward defender. Let's put him in midfield. He could do that role. And against the Montenegro, and who else, did, who else was the other team that England played on Friday? Uh, Republic, Czech Republic. Republic. You could do that job, yeah? Don't get me wrong, all day long you could do that job. Can you do that job against France? Can you do that job against Spain? Can you do that job against Portugal, Brazil, Argentina? Anybody that's off? No, probably not. I don't think Declan Rice is an amazing player. I think he's all right. But, like, for England, oh, yeah, it's amazing because they've got these young, these group of young players that are playing uh, high-level football, they're playing in the Premier League week in, week out. And for England as a nation, it's really good because these players are young enough that they can be together for years to come. And you'd hope that the under-21s, the under-19s, all the others that have won tournaments, that energy now comes to the first team, the main national team. They got semi-finals last time. So in that sense, it's really good. Do I think he's overrated? Yeah, I don't think he's that good. Personally, I don't think he's he, he he's not he's not a Terrera. He, he no, I say Terrera. Terrera's new to Premier League. He isn't Terrera. He is a um, who is the? Well, I'm saying Makalele. He's not even Makalele. That was the original one. Uh, who's the one that's at Chelsea? Uh, he's not uh, a Kante. He's not a Jorginho. He's he's for me. He doesn't got. He doesn't rank with those players. What he is for England is he's the one that can stay back because no one else wants to. Everyone else is attacking. So yeah. the Hudson Doys. Well, he he's less he's less talented than everyone else, so he, he doesn't yeah, want to go forward. Me, so that's what I'm saying. So that so it fits his mould because that's the position in the team that they need to fill. He can fill that team. The other person you'd put is what? Mm. Jordan Henderson. No, you got Jordan Henderson, Eric Dyer, probably the the three that will play that defensive midfielder who will come around and just tackle and pass it to somebody yeah. better than them. So in that sense, yeah, he, he does. He, it looks like he could do a job. Can he do that over a number of years? I don't know. West Ham still concede hella goals. West Ham still lose games. So, yeah. Yeah, I don't, I, he's, he's not, he's not going to be the person. Put it this way. He's not going to be the name on the back of all of the kids' shirts. No. Well, see, my opinion on him is, is, is quite simple. I, I'm going to just lay it flat. He's crap. And I say he's crap, not as um, a footballer, because he's a professional footballer. He, he, he's good enough to be one of those, but he's crap in terms of you're not you're not nobody of any note. You're not, not, you're not nobody that anyone's going to care about in, in three or four years' time. You're not good enough. He, he's just not... His feet are, are, are not that great. Like, you pass the ball to him in tight situations, he's going to lose it. Like he, he's just not good, but because he 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 fits the mold at the moment of as you said of being a young English, well yeah. Irish player who can um, who is in this young under this young teenage mold that everyone's we've got Jordan Sancho, we've got Hudson Odoi, we've got Ruben lost his cheek, we've got Deli Ali. He fits in because he's under the age of twenty three, and he could be in this group for a long time to come, but. He's just not that good. He's just not that good. And they're pushing him, pushing him, pushing him. And he's just going to fall. At some point, he's going to reach the edge of the cliff and fall off. 
because he, he he really will get exposed by some real good players and they'll be like, who the hell is this kid? He's not good enough. And then you'll see his demise very quickly. People talk about, I think there, there was rumours about Man City coming in. From, Man City will not go nowhere near him. Anywhere near him. He's, not, he's, he's just not that good enough. He's, he's been pushed through at West Ham out of necessity in terms of they lost a bunch of midfielders in um, Ram, not Ramsey, what's the, what's the other Arsenal guy? Wilshire got injured. Um, they bought two new centre-halves. They didn't need another centre-half. Um, I think their captain was injured as well. So they just put him in the midfield and it just they won a game. Or he, he looked a little bit comfortable, so they just stuck to it. That has then transformed his career from going from playing for Ireland to now playing for England. So for me, I'm going to be very clear on this one. He is 100% overrated and we'll soon see him fall down. His fall from grace will be shocking. To, to m- most people, but not to me. It'll be like, wow, we used to think it's so good, but no, he's always been that crap. You chose to, to see something else. What do you reckon, Nate? Over? No, I think he's overrated. He's definitely overrated. Um, yeah, I think the fact that people... <laughs> Gold even said that he potentially could be the future captain for England. And I just think... You know what is this is This is one of the problems with England is that we hype up our players so much that the only way they can go is fall back flat on their face. Instead of just letting yeah. the man say, you know what, we think he's good, let him develop as a player, you want to hype him up, you want to get him the blue tick on Instagram, you want to get all of the plaudits just for him to realise that in years to come, we are waiting for a new kid on the block. Yeah. So I mean, that we, we constantly... Do, and that's the thing, is in, this, in England, we constantly do that. We constantly... I'm all for picking up your players, isn't it? Like, no one, you've got to be your own cheerleader. But for some of them, it's like, come on, he's not he's not that guy. Yes, he scored away against Arsenal, but it was an awful game, isn't it? Like, mm. you know I mean, it wasn't like, and they talk about, oh, he bossed the midfield. He didn't boss the midfield. Arsenal just played really shit that game. Mm. Agreed, agreed. So, yeah, he's overrated for me. Like, Declan Rice, I'm not saying in years to come, you're not going to be still in the Premier League. But you're not setting the world alight. You're not going to get a eighty million pound deal. No one's going to buy you for that money. But you'll earn a decent career in the Premier League. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can live with that. I can live with that. Well, we've come to another end of another great show, Nate. I want to thank you for repping your your little ends. Well, I say little. I didn't mean little ends, but you know what I meant. Your corner of London. Oh. Um, Next time, who knows? Dale might have come back from his cloud cuckoo land of, of being up in the clouds with um, his his Tottenham boys and celebrating, crying on the stadium opening and all that nonsense, and he'll be back online. Uh, if one of you listening want to get involved, give us a shout. Let us know what you think. Let us know what you want to do. Talk about, and we'll be, we're here as always, week after week. Nothing stops us. So, Nate, thank you for being no on board. Good night, guys. Remember, the Premier League starts this weekend. Yep. I oh, can't wait for the for some serious football. football again. International football does my head in a bit. But, yeah. I'll speak again right, next week. See you later. Cheers. And we're done for another week. Thanks for listening. We'll be back again next week, providing you with the latest news in football. Don't forget to subscribe. Don't forget to follow us on Instagram and Twitter. And we'll be back, providing you with great content.